The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Nathan Murphy stepping in for Matt this evening. 087-4100-102 is the number for all your WhatsApp messages. We'll start this evening with the latest developments in the Middle East. Overnight, US and UK forces bombed more than a dozen sites used by Houthi rebels in Yemen. The air and sea strikes are in response to the Iran-backed group's attacks on ships in the Red Sea. They've been happening since the start of the Gaza war. They've had a significant impact on one of the most important shipping lanes in the world. The Houthis say five of their members were killed in the attack, six others injured in a total of 73 airstrikes. Patrick Berry, senior lecturer in security at the University of Bath and former NATO analyst is with us. Patrick, just how serious an escalation are these military strikes over the past 24 hours? I think they were coming, Nathan, uh, and to be expected. Uh, and clearly they were also telegraphed in advance, to be fair to the Houthis. So, um, it's a response, you know. The the thing is the Houthis have been firing missiles and, and drones at, first of all, uh, commercial shipping that they said was bound to Israel, but it wasn't actually. It was just any old boat uh, using the Red Sea um, and some of them obviously carrying uh, fuel, etc. So, very dangerous situation. And then they targeted the US and UK warships themselves. So, once that happens, it's basically going to be gloves off and, and, and uh, they're going to respond. I was a bit surprised it took so long, to be honest with you. Right. Patrick, who are the Houthi rebels? What is their influence in Yemen and in the surrounding region? Well, the Houthi rebels are essentially a, a clan, um, Zaidi Shia. So uh, because of their religion, uh, they've developed ties since the Yemeni civil, civil war started in 2014 with the Iranians. Um, and since then, they've been equipped with their ballistic missiles um, and drones by the Iranians and they're the the, miss, the the weapons that are targeting these convoys. And the reason they're doing, the Houthis say they're doing it in, in support of Israel because of the, sorry, in support of uh, the Palestinians as a result of the Israeli um, ground attack on, on the Palestinians and on Hamas and uh, they fired rockets originally from Yemen a long distance up to Israel and they got intercepted by the US fleet in the area and then they switched to targeting the shipping lanes and the shipping lanes are important because about 15% of world's trade goes through that, the, uh, the Bab al-Mandab Strait and into the Red Sea up to the Suez Canal. How deep is their relationship with the Iranians? Uh, difficult to know the exact extent of it but uh, in terms of open source we know that they've been trained uh, and equipped by Iran including going to naval training bases. We know that the weapon systems that are being used by um, the Houthis are uh, supplied by Iran and then maybe modified. Uh, so it, it seems they're not as strongly controlled, for example, as their proxy Hezbollah on the border with uh, Israel in the north uh, in Lebanon. Um, but they're, they definitely have influence into them. And I, I would imagine Yemen as, as to when to stop or not. Sorry, Patrick, broke up for a second there. But Yemen's location at the entrance to the Red Sea, it, it puts the Houthis in a position where they can make a real sizable impact on the world economy, their influence far greater than their size. And when attacks like this happen, are they more likely to be deterred or emboldened by them? We, 
from the Houthis' perspective, they sense that they can become uh, more of a regional power, I think. They're worried about um, Iran uh, and the region potentially moving towards a consensus around Israel, what's been going on diplomatically over the last couple of years or so. Uh, and so this is a statement, I think, as, as to their intent. They're unlikely to be able to be negotiated with, if you're thinking of that, but by the West or anything like that. Iran may have some influence. Um, but essentially, this is this is a pretty... They've been a war for, you know, what are we looking at, nearly 10 years. They're battle-hardened uh, in terms of... Uh, you know their capabilities, uh, and and difficult to deter. To be honest with you, I think the the main thing will be whether the West is able to actually destroy most of the mobile missile launchers that are the most dangerous that they have in the first round of strikes. Uh, they'll be working to see what's going to be fired again at them. It doesn't necessarily have to escalate further than this, but I would expect, given the the um, mood music coming out of Sana and the Houthis, that they're, they're not going to back down uh, completely anyway. Yeah, they've said that this will not go without punishment or retaliation and they've pledged to continue the attacks on ships in the Red Sea and pledged its support for Hamas in Gaza. In terms of what they can do with retaliation, is it more of the same? Is it more attacks on ships and just maybe put an end to shipping in the Red Sea for the foreseeable future? Is that a victory for them? I'd, I'd be surprised. I mean, for, they can obviously reduce the amount of shipping that is willing to take the risk by going through that straight while there's these strikes ongoing and tit for tat. But yeah, I, th- I would expect it would be more of the same. Um, of course, the big question is, is does Iran, and it doesn't seem to really, it's, it's, it's obviously mobilizing all its proxies and allies uh, in different ways since October the 7th. Uh, and it is a malign actor and has been for a long time in the region. But whether it wants a major conflict that wouldn't really be in its interest with the West so we'll just have to wait and see one thing to watch is and it did happen yesterday where the Iranians hijacked a, a oil tanker uh, called the St. Nicholas off Oman uh, and that's important because another really important trade link is through the Strait of Hormuz further up where a lot of oil and gas for the West comes out of uh, if Iran tried to do something there again probably what we call sub-threshold not major conflict but something just below the threshold of sparking it that would look like an escalation to the West. And again, um, but hopefully uh, Iran isn't looking to do that at the moment. We'll have to wait and see. What's Saudi Arabia's role in all of this? Because they've been very much involved in the war in Yemen. They have, yeah, and uh, they use their air force to bombard Houthi uh, positions for at least seven years, as far as I can remember. Um, but in the last few years, they've started to move towards a rapprochement with the Houthis, um, and this has sort of been part of a, a wider move in the Middle East, where they're developing ties with Iran as well, and trying to put their previous grievances behind them. So they may have some influence there too. I'll tell you another thing they will have is a, uh, a lot of targeting information, I would have thought, on the Houthis, because they were the ones running the air operation cell uh, during their war with the Houthis and um, the Allies supplied the Saudis obviously with uh, their aircraft and some of their um, missiles etc. So there's already links there so you don't, I don't know whether the Saudis which, which side of the fence they'll be on they may be playing the two of them to be honest with you. In terms of the impact on shipping then in the Red Sea and the potential repercussions in terms of our day-to-day lives and the movement of goods particularly from Asia into Europe, what do you expect will happen over the coming weeks? 
Well, listen, I'm not a maritime trade expert. I'm more on the security side. But I understand that if, for example, there was a boat leaving India uh, and it was coming to Ireland, uh, it would usually, through the Suez Canal and the Red Sea, take about 26 days. And if it was going around the Cape of Good Hope at the bottom of South Africa, it would take about 40. Uh, And that means you essentially have more costs in fuel, insurance, crew, etc. And that can increase the cost of the cargo, depending on what was really considerably, like, you know, from half a million up to a million at least um, those extra days. So uh, it would have a knock-on effect on all of uh, European economies if it was to last. I think I did read somewhere that, like, for example, if this was ongoing for the UK economy, it could cost up to 3% of GDP, which is essentially throwing it into a, a recession. I think everybody's obviously very concerned about an escalation of the tensions in the Middle East at the moment. What are the things we should be looking out for over the next couple of weeks that would suggest that there is an escalation? So I would expect, I think it's more likely than not, that there'll be some sort of uh, tit-for-tat here with strikes for, against shipping again. I don't think the Houthis can even, you know, even because of their own populations and their narrative so far, just completely back down and stop, even if the Iranians ask them to. Um, and it's not even in Iran's interest for them to totally stop, I would say. So I'd expect more of the same to go on for a bit anyway. Um, uh, I hope I'm wrong in that. I suppose the big thing is, is if there's a shift in what Iran feels it wants to do. I, I think it's been in the security game, it's known to talk a good war, but not really walk one. So it, it much prefers to use its proxies, etc. Is there a shift in that? where it does something considerable uh, further up in the Gulf around the Strait of Hormuz would be the the obvious one to look for. Because um, that then, if you had two trade routes, two major trade routes to the West being closed or unable to uh, function in the way that they need to, to generate economies, that is becoming a strategic risk then to the, to the West essentially, which... It's really what militaries are there to solve, uh, you know, when you when you get that kind of pressure put on you. And um, at that point, you'd be concerned about then a wider escalation. I don't think Iran is there yet, uh, yet hopefully, anyway. Okay, Patrick Burry, thanks for joining us on The Last Word. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-